I know. I'm the worst. I'm just like this gigantic wet blanket. It's it's actually really funny. Anya and I were talking last night about the nature of our relationship and how like um, Anya is willing to perform a lot of actions and stuff and how me being the way that I am, you know, I kind of ground them and keep them from doing, you know, doing things immediately when they don't need to be done immediately and that kind of thing. So what what I'm really saying is I'm a wet blanket. I I put a damper on everything. <laughs> You've been doing this with me for two years. You should know it to be true. I mean, this is true. But everybody, like every good podcasting duo, is one gremlin and one normal person. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we have that. That's why we're, we're going to have to have a triple threat match between uh, you, me, Andrew and Riley and Danielle and Jade. Oh, for my these God. Tag belts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tag man. Belt. Sorry. Misspoke. Singular. Yeah. <laughs> Singular we'll, tag team belts. We'll we'll trade it off periodically. Because we're going to win. Like, I mean, there's no yeah. doubt in my mind that we'll win. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so much of a wet blanket, you can just, like, toss me over people and then you can <laughs> tackle them. True. This is our, this is our, uh, that's our finishing move, our tag team finishing move. Yeah, just, just I throw. you bodily yeah, at the opponent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's exactly how this works. <laughs> Tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomWearPod. You can find this podcast on the internet at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my Wormular co-host, August. Um, yes. Hello, I'm August. I feel like worm infested might have been a little more like an actual word, but that's okay. Uh, Wormular is a word. Look it up. Is it? I'm going to do yeah. it right now. Do it. I dare you. I'm doing it. Yeah. Did you mean wormulus? No, wormular. What I is wormulus? Got... What is it's, wormulus? It's a DeviantArt page and a Instagram and a Twitter. Uh, they made a graphic like a- novel memoir, Flocks, about growing up queer slash trans in the in- evangelical South. Actually, that could be interesting. I'm yeah. going to click on this person's Twitter. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, because they're not is- like, they, they. I don't know why this would be the suggestion from Google. Because like, well, this person's history sounds interesting. They only have like 1300 followers on Twitter. It's not like they're huge. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm August. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. Um, I've recently, in the past few months, uh, taken up residence on Tumblr at Strange Harpy. Um, you can see my slow descent into madness over there. Um, and my pronouns are they, them. (laughs) All right. First cartoon news. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... 
actually, I don't think I don't think there's any cartoon news. Let me check that one website, the only website. Some kind of award show. I don't give a shit. California starting an animation museum project. That sounds fun. That does sound interesting. I don't know. I don't see fucking anything here. Primal season two. Oh, Apparently yeah. have trailer. I heard about that. I heard that uh, people are pretty stoked for that. Um, I never watched season one. I kind of. I don't want to say I outgrew Tartakovsky's stuff, but I don't know. It just, I got to a point where it started to grate on me really badly. So I've just kind of not. Uh, was it during that Samurai Jack revival season? Yeah. Yeah. There's parts of that I really like. Um, I- all the way up into the fight with the sisters. I honestly don't remember most of it. Like, I guess I just did not like it so much that I dumped it from my brain. I don't know. But yeah, I just, I, I'm not excited. I'm happy other people are excited. I hope they have fun. I think Primal is worthwhile to watch because like, it's narrative dense, but in the way that Tartakovsky does well, which is like, there's no dialogue. Mm hmm. Like, there's no spoken dialogue in all of Primal. Okay. It's just a dude and his dinosaur going fucking ham on shit. Okay. Um, so yeah. It's like that one episode of Clone Wars, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, where it's just the clones moving through the city fucking shit up, but like a whole series of that. Okay. So Maybe I'll give it a watch. I'm sure it's on yeah. HBO Max or something. It is. Yeah. Well, it's actually one of the things I watched when I got my new fancy monitor because I was like, I need something that's like 4K, but like I would appreciate. And I'm like, this, this would probably be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It always looks good. That's, you know. Yeah. Um, All right. All right, August, tell me about the worms. I have brain worms. I have brain rot. My brain is liquefying and running out my ears. It's terrible. It's awful. I watch Minecraft YouTube now. <laughs> um, It started. Uh, Mac- unrelated is- audience. This is the last episode of the podcast. I know. Um, uh. <laughs> when when you hear when you hear the gunshot at the end of the episode you'll you'll know that brian has performed his duty in putting me down um yeah uh you know i've got to edit that in now (laughs) i know (laughs) uh yeah um so it Mac started this. This is Mac's Mm. fault i don't think mac listens to this but as are many uh, things so yeah uh, but this is Mac's fault. It started with the Third Life SMP series. Uh, I started watching Double Life SMP and Last Life SMP. Um, I've started watching some Hermitcraft stuff. Um, 
like most of the stuff that I've been consuming lately has been Minecraft related. Um, you need to explain this to literally anyone because okay. even I still don't a hundred percent understand. I know it's like to a be big fair, collective. Yeah. To be fair, when I was trying to explain it to you, I was drunk off my ass off of those tequila, uh, those uh, margaritas you made with that yeah. really strong tequila. So, you know, it was a normal strength tequila. I just had a, I had the dregs of it, so it was mostly tequila then, and I it's had It's because a lot that of it. thing had sat there for a while, and I think the whole cocktail had separated, so I think it was like mostly tequila in the, <laughs> near the spout, so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, SMP stands for Survival Multiplayer. Um, it's a type of Minecraft video. I'm not, like, super well-versed in Minecraft videos, but... Um, Third Life specifically involves a, a mod that gives everybody three lives, and on the Third Life, um, it, it engages PvP mode for you kind of thing, um, and it's it's like a battle royale, and it was supposed to be, it was not supposed to be a roleplay thing, but there was just a whole bunch of emergent storytelling and roleplay and lore that happened that like halfway through just got me completely hooked. And, you know, the a lot of the same people worked on the sequels, uh, Last Life and Double Life, which have similar conceits. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are hermit crafters. So hermit craft being like a collective of Minecrafters who, you know, live on the same server, the hermit craft server and do things both together and separately, that kind of thing. Um and I've fallen down a Minecraft hole. Uh, I should be doing a lot of things that I'm not doing because I'm playing modded Minecraft. Uh, I even learned how to set up a Minecraft server so I could play with Anya uh, locally on the LAN. Um, so that's that's how bad the brain rot is. That's how, how deep the rabbit hole goes. I am... Uh... I'm sorry, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, if you have any scrap of enjoyment uh, for Minecraft in your heart, Third Life is really great. Um, I recommend starting with Martin in the Little Woods uh, playthrough, and then uh, you'll need to switch to someone else to see it through to the end. Because, uh, spoiler alert, Martin does not win the Battle Royale. But uh, his... His uh, playthrough is really good, his POV. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's riveting. Like the first couple of episodes, I was like, yeah, it's fine. This is entertaining. And then uh, I think it's like episode four or episode five. There's a big plot beat that hits and it's like, oh, oh, no, I'm invested. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it. It just, it went from there. It's, uh, now I watch people build things in Minecraft and I enjoy it and I hate that for me. I so, am, uh, What cartoons <sighs> have you been watching, Brian? Um, let's see. I watched the Thor Love and Thunder. Hmm. New Thor movie. How was it? Eh. I've heard it's... I've heard it's kind it's of polarizing because either it's apparently you love very, it or... Yeah, it's apparently very divisive. I didn't really... I mean, I didn't hate it. It's not the worst mm -hmm. thing I've ever seen. It was entertaining. I just... It felt... I mean, it was a 
a movie definitely filmed during COVID and on the volume and felt a lot like a lot of people in rooms talking. Mm. And I, this is a weird criticism, but it, it like the main four, which are like Natalie Portman, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and Taika Waititi's Korg. Mm-hmm. It felt like too many funny people. Like everybody's mm. the funny one. Uh, and there's not like a it's like very quip heavy and like I usually like take a stuff, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it had the emotional through line like a lot of his work usually has. Mm-hmm. Is that to say that's bad? No, it's not even the worst Thor movie because Dark World still exists. Um, I like Dark World. Mm, did you? I did. I I enjoyed it. Um, God, it's been a while since I watched it, but I thought that um, I thought that a lot of the character interactions between Thor and Loki and um, God, what's Natalie Portman's character's name? Jane Foster. Yeah, I thought I thought the character interactions between those three were really good. I haven't felt like like Natalie Portman, Chris Hemsworth had any chemistry until this movie. Mm. <laughs> I didn't say it, romantic chemistry. I just thought yeah. the character interactions were good. Yeah. Honestly, in Dark World, if I'm re- if I'm remembering my timeline correctly, in Dark World, I feel like uh, uh, Loki had more chemistry with her than Thor did. I mean, possibly. I just uh, did super do not like that movie. I know I, most like, people don't. I'm in the minority. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just kind of meh. So it was disappointing though because I was really looking forward to it. Um. The. But oh well. Um. Let's see what the fuck else happened. Did I watch. I watched. Um, fuck. Oh, I watched all of Dead in Park or Dead in Paranormal Park on Netflix. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm going to try and convince you that we should watch that show. OK, <laughs> it's 10 episodes. I feel like we could just bang it out between seasons of something else. OK. I just do it in three like a three episodes back to back and just do, you know, three, three and four or something like that. Mm hmm. Um, great show, uh, net, like, I- I'm glad all of the queer, like, it really feels like a show where, cause like reading about it, cause it features a number of queer characters, but yeah, it's a good little show. Uh, I, I liked it, uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, the what the fuck else did I watch? What the fuck else have I watched? Um, I am behind on Miss Marvel, but I, th- I think the finale just posted today. So I'm just going to uh, maybe watch all of that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, don't. I feel like there's more that I have consumed but I don't remember. You have not. Yeah, you haven't talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, he will. Okay. Well, let's get it fucking going, I guess. This week, we are covering episodes 139, 140, and 141, Lars of the Stars, Jungle Moon, and Your Mother and Mine. First up is episode 139, Lars of the Stars. Um, came out uh, January 5th, 2018, written by Lamar Abrams and Jesse Zook. Uh, Lars rises to the occasion. What even is that? That's yeah. nothing. That's less than nothing. Yeah. That's an F. That's a that's a bold. Fuck, that sucks so much shit. It All is. right, anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Moving on. Fuck that thing. Steven, you could say so many things. You could be like, Steven and Connie go to visit Lars and his new friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's still only like a C minus, I think, but it's at least a passing grade. Right. I don't get paid for this. I just came up with it. Like, <laughs> um, Anyways, Stephen and Connie are at the Crystal Temple on the front porch. Um, they're putting together a, um, or they've got a care package that Lars's parents have put together for him. Um, and they're going to basically travel there through the pocket dimension. We know how to get to, you know, through the head network. Um, the, uh, like Connie is extremely excited to, uh, finally get to go on a space mission with Steven. Uh, they prepared to travel through Lion. Lion is just unbelievably cute, almost derailing the entire mission, but Connie and Steven bravely pull it together. Um, they pop out of Lars's head, uh, only to discover that Lars is wearing, uh, a uniform and they're inside a spaceship and they're, uh, Lars and the off colors are being accosted by a gem known as Emerald. Uh, she's up on the screen and she's like you nasty off colors you stole my ship the sun incinerator and lars is like haha suck it bitch uh <laughs> we got your fast ship you can't catch us motherfucker we're so cool um the uh they blow they uh blast off uh into space and um uh, Stephen and Connie begin talking with uh, Lars. Uh, apparently, Lars and the Off Colors have become space pirates while we were gone. They've had there's a whole show happening that we're not watching. <laughs> um, uh, Lars is the captain. We've got um, uh, Fluorite on engine work. Pad Paracha is there. Um, hmm. Rodanite is. Uh, Seemingly comms and scanners and the road. Uh, no, wait, sorry. Yeah, Rodenite. The Rutile. That's it. The Rutile twins. Sorry. They both start with an R and it keeps. I don't understand. I don't know what rocks are. Um, and the Rutile twins, they're on uh, seemingly navigation. Um, once they are uh, safely in hyperspace, Connie uh, is introduced to the group. And they also give Lars his care package. Inside the care package are some fresh jeans. I do not want to think about uh, how long Lars was in his ratty, dirty clothing. Um, and also he gets his skull plugs. They match his outfit fucking perfectly. Um, 
while they're traveling through, uh, Lars asks about Sadie and Steven's like, oh, she's doing fucking great. She's in a band. She's so fucking cool. And Lars starts becoming the old Lars again. He's like, she's so happy without me. It should be me hanging out with the cool kid. She's got to be doing this to get back at me. All the while, the ship is being tracked down by Emerald. Uh, warning lights are everywhere. Uh, the crew doesn't know what to do. They need their captain, but Lars is stuck in his old Lars ways. He's become the stink boy once more. Um... Till finally they're like, do you think Sadie would actually do that? Would you do that to Sadie? He's like, no, I would never hurt Sadie. And Steven and Connie are like, yeah, you would never hurt her because you're because best friends would never hurt each other. And they clasp hands and become Stevani. And I'm like, yeah, Lars and Sadie, they were, quote unquote, best friends like you and you and uh, like Steven and Connie are, quote unquote, best friends. Right, Stevani? Is that how that's working? <laughs> yeah. OK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, finally, they are uh, they are taken upon uh, by the Destiny Destroyer, the capital ship that Emerald drives. Um, Lars, uh, she's like, I'm going to blow you out of the fucking sky. And Lars is like, do it, bitch. I bet you fucking won't. Um, he orders uh, Rutile to drop all the shields, realizing that Emerald cares too much about the ship to destroy it. Uh, his gambit pays off, uh, but their weapons and shields are knocked offline. Uh, they need to, um, they need to take out the weapon system for the Destiny Destroyer, uh, before it can take out the, uh, warp drive, uh, but obviously they don't have any weapons. And finally, um, Lars is like, oh, we could use the Star Skipper, which is a, uh, experimental ship that Lars has been building. Uh, but... The crew needs their captain, so Stevani bravely um, volunteers to drive the Star Skipper. Uh, they do. They fucking kill it because Stevani is good at literally everything. Stevani cannot do anything incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stevani takes out all of the main guns, but the Destiny Destroyer has a battery of missiles that hit the ship. Uh, taking out his engines, and the Starskipper begins to crash toward a nearby planet. Star wipe the end. Do we want to roll right into Jungle Moon? I feel like they're not, while they continue the same story, they're not, they're very yeah, different. They're very yeah. different. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they just made Lars Captain Harlock. I can believe they just made Lars Captain Harlock. <laughs> like when i first saw this like years ago now four years ago jesus christ on a cracker um i was like holy shit that's captain harlock like what a mm -hmm. fucking deep cut it it wait let me let me check something when did lars and I'm, the stars come out again 2018 yeah january 5th 2018 because there was a a Captain Harlock revival, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, there was a 2013 movie. And... There's one 2014. Dimension, dimensional yeah. Voyage. That was, uh, that was a manga. Oh, was it? To, yeah. According to Wikipedia, anyway, okay. 20, August 2014, celebrating the 60th anniversary of its debut, oh, yeah. Matsumoto launched the manga Captain Harlock Dimensional Voyage. Um, 
Yeah. But classic, classic shit. Like, yeah. And holy. they did, like, short of putting a big skull on his chest, he is 100% just Captain Harlock. Yeah. 100%. Let me, um, let me see if I can't get a full body picture of Captain Lars here. Yeah. Well, I guess his shirts. Well, they changed his shirt, but they would have to because like otherwise it would be a black shirt on top of that black cape and it wouldn't read very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this wasn't too long after the Harlock revival. So like. I mean, but the, the, the thing is, it doesn't even necessarily need to be the Harlock revival, considering all of the cuts that Steven Universe usually takes too. Yeah. No, I, I mean, think they were like, right. yeah, I think they were like space pirates and immediately somebody in the room was like, let's dress Lars up as Captain Harlock. Well, it's not just dressing Lars up as Captain Harlock. Like they the the format of these episodes is very reminiscent of like your your classic 70s, 80s space opera anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like the, the, it, this is. Steven and Connie go on a tiny isekai to a whole different show. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't think it's isekai, but they, they, they Steven and Connie are in an isekai now. They've gone to a whole different genre of show. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've genre hopped. Yeah. Um, but, but the shonen space anime bullshit is mm -hmm. so strong with this. It's an absolute delight. Um, I was I wasn't really ever into Captain Harlock though, so like I'm sure there's a bunch of references that I that I'm missing, but oh, yeah. I was into Galaxy Express 39, so which is also a space opera e um Matsumoto property, so mm -hmm. um but, but yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. It's so good. I, I, one of the things that people have always like one of the things I've seen people talk about, I think somebody maybe mentioned it in our discord, too. But like, like if you were going to make a spinoff show of Steven Universe, this would be one of the good show. Like this would be a great little mini series, like even just some webisodes showing the off colors and Lars getting up to some shit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they do a great job of, like, selling this, too. Like, it feel as soon as, like, Stephen Kine show up, it feels like this is just the thing. Like, this dynamic is real. You believe that all of this happened off screen. Like, it feels very natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, again, it just demonstrates how good at characterization the, the crew universe is. Like, it doesn't take them very long to set up these very believable dynamics. Mm hmm So. Um. Paparazzi. Some, I do not know how for three episodes they keep one joke that should wear out immediately. Just very good. But Paparazzi is still fucking hilarious. Yes. It just the uh, ti the timing is fucking perfect on the on that shit. It's so so good, yeah. It's it really is all about the timing, mm -hmm. and also the fact that like 
they, they also expand on the powers that she has details, even though they're after the fact. Like, yeah. she, you know, the, like, oh, the Emerald's going to miss on purpose. Like, she, she does reveals, which is good and kind of breaks things up. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that she's not, I mean... No person should be defined by their usefulness or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, you know, the fact that she is depicted as being a certain way, but that that way is not detrimental and can, in fact, can, in fact, be uh, beneficial to, you know, what amounts to her family mm-hmm. uh, is it's really nice, um, especially in uh, your mother and mine. No. It's at the end of Jungle Moon, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, at the end of Jungle Moon when she's like, Lars is going to be pressing the wrong button. Oh, no, it's at the end of Your Mother and Mine. Okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so. yeah. Great little, jo- like, good little joke, but also shows like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, Paparacha's an equal member of the team. Yeah, she's she's actively contributing in a in a positive manner. Um, but yeah, uh, um, I do, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, I don't want to say I necessarily enjoy Lars's backsliding because Mm -hmm. again, garbage boy stink man, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's, and I think there was a comment in the Discord uh, similar to this. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Sean said that uh, Lars shows that character development isn't linear. Yeah, that's 100%, uh, 100% true. I do, I do think that the, the backslide is, you know, a really important thing to, to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's like it, I think it's important to because like it also helps reestablish how far he's come. Mm hmm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, it also, you know, kind of brings into question is like how much of this is I don't want to say real, but like how much of this is just very reactionary to the situation he's in versus how much of it is actual character growth. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not saying that Lars is, you know, that I dislike, you know, Harlock Lars any, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really fun character angle. Um, it's just, you know, also just that question I, you know, that I had was just, you know, how much of this is actual character growth and how much of this is just him reacting to the situations that he's in and, you know, how much of it would go out the window if he were put back on earth. We do get an answer to that in future. Okay. Yep. Though also future involves a time skip of like two to three years, but uh, we do get an answer to that uh, when it comes to future because, you know, spoilers, Lars gets back to Earth. OK. Yeah. I don't feel like cool. that was ever in question, but <laughs> no, no, yeah. it was just a, it it was less a question of 
how and more a question of when. Yeah. At the end of the season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's very funny. Very funny scene. Uh, Steven and Connie being like, because you're best friends. I do not feel like Lars and Sadie are best friends. I mean, that's very obviously projection on yeah. their part. But I mean, I do believe that Sadie is slash was the best friend that Lars had on Earth. That's true. That and probably the same with Sadie. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean that their friendship was good. That doesn't mean that they weren't terrible for each other. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like Sadie was the best friend that Lars ever had on Earth. So. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely, I definitely think there's a bit of projection there, obviously, mm-hmm. with them, like, holding hands and fusing into Stevani. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, I guess that's, that's really meant to be the, the resolution of, of their, disagreement realizing oh we didn't mean to hurt each other because we're best friends and best friends don't mean to hurt each other yeah but you know it's a little a little pat but i understand they don't have the time to to give it the kind of attention that i think it should have had so this can the the current currently the steven universe candle is burning at both ends and the center so they just they're like all right we're moving on yeah no i mean it's fair yeah it's It's not great but you know it is what it is. Um, yeah. I love that. Uh, I think somebody also. Well, we'll get to it at the end, but I love the inter- inside of the star skipper. It's very, very funny. It's very Lars. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's very 17 to 19 year old boy. It's very much is, but it's good. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I think it looks great. Like this is, these three episodes, dope as shit. Frankly, great yeah, little they, mini arc. They, they all look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let me see. Um, like I was telling you off mic, I didn't have a whole lot of notes because most of my notes are holy shit. Laura's here. Um, who? The lore. Oh, Laura is here. I thought you said Laura. I'm like, who's Laura? No. Is that a uh-huh. is that a voice actor? Like, <laughs> I I don't know. But yeah, um, the lore is here. Speaking of, would you like to move on to the lore? Um. Yeah, let's let's move on to. I mean, I I feel like Lars is some somewhat lore because we get mm-hmm. to see, like, it's it's fun to see other things that are happening in the gym uh in the gym empire mm-hmm. that don't have to do with earth like you know with the whole the whole stealing emerald ship and emerald obviously not being anything related to anybody mm-hmm. that we've seen so far oh oh quick Just, question lars fucked emerald right that's definitely a thing that's happened while we weren't paying attention <laughs> i don't know i don't, I don't know i think emerald wants to fuck lars mm-hmm like there's definitely a tension there but i don't 
Lars at this point is too hung up on Sadie. I don't think Lars fucked Emerald. Mm, possibly. That's fair. That's fair. She but wants there's, him. There's she some, wants him. There's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's some tension there. Um, 100 percent. But I mean, like there's it's the 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 tension between an anime protagonist and an anime rival. You know, Emerald mm-hmm. can make a rival move at any time. Uh, That's true. As just the, there is no fuckier energy in the world <laughs> than the, the energy between an anime protagonist and an anime antagonist. Yes. No genre, no genre has ha, has uh, codified the fuckiness of that more than anime. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Okay. Moving on to. Episode 140, Jungle Moon, uh, came out January 5th. Wait a second. Oh, no, they came out on the same day. Sorry, I thought Janu- I thought Lars of the Stars came out on January the 8th, and I'm like, wait a goddamn mm-hmm. second. Uh, no, they all came out on the same day. Okay. Written by uh, Miki Brewster and Jeff Liu, Stevani finds themselves alone on an adventure. That's fine. Yeah. This is acceptable. Following the space, we pick up basically immediately after the space battle. The star skipper is going fucking down. Shit is fucked beyond reason on the ship. Uh, they crash land into Stevani crash lands onto a an off uh, a moon um, saved by their bubble. Initially, they're having a bit of a freak out, um, but they are attacked by a weird bug monster. Um, they defeat it because again. Stevani cannot do anything wrong. Stevani is the perfect being. Um, like Shadow the Hedgehog, Stevani is the per- ultimate being. Um, and they decide, well, if life can thrive here, so can we. All we got to do is hold out until Lars gets here. And then we get a montage of uh, Stevani just fucking killing it. Setting up shelter, um, hunting food, uh, shaving, because I guess it they're here for a while i don't know yeah and it's been a long time since i've not had active facial hair so i don't remember how fast it grows it i mean it it can get unruly well not like unruly but annoying pretty quickly Mm -hmm. like within two to three days um and like this is character growth for steven because the last time we checked in with steven's facial hair he only had like one hair on his chin true well, I mean, Stevani is technically older than both Steven and Connie. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, though Stevani with stubble, pretty solid look. Oh yeah. Um, very fun choice from the from the designers. Anyways, um, we finally after the montage, we find Stevani, uh, very conflicted, uh, overeating this little bird alien. <laughs> They're like, we can't eat it. It's too cute. (laughs) But we're going to die if we don't. Um, The big mama bird blob uh, eventually attacks them, chasing them into what appears to be a gym tower, um, setting up uh, setting up camp for the night. Stevani ties up a hammock and finally gets like a good night's sleep uh, when they begin to 
dream, Stevani awakens tiny inside of Connie's living room. Dr. Mahesh Warren enters. Uh, she's on the phone. She's talking to somebody about an attack and colonizing a nearby planet. Uh, Stevani quickly moves to try and interact with her, but Dr. Mahesh Warren um, is, uh, try is ignoring her, uh, maybe too wrapped up in her work, maybe not, maybe actively ignoring her, until finally tiny Stevani just climbs Dr. Mahesh Warren um, and gets her attention. When her eyes open, she has big diamond pupils. Um, the scene radically shifts with Dr. Mahesh Warren now basically dressed as Yellow Diamond, becoming Yellow Diamond, uh, talking about, um, talking about, uh, colonizing the nearby planet, um, Stevani is like, hey, I want to do all this stuff, and, uh, Yellow Mahesh Warren is like, no, you can't, like, just fucking stop, until finally, uh, Stevani is like, I don't, I want my own colony. I want my own soldiers. I am just as important as you, Yellow. Uh, to which Yellow replies, well, then you need to act like it, Pink. Um, this pisses off, I guess, Pink Diamond as Stevani, um, who huffs away petulantly, uh, seeing her reflection in the mirror. Pink Diamond uh, grows angry, punching the mirror, shattering it into a whole bunch of, like, angry Pink Diamond face. At which point, Stevani wakes up, um, very freaked out that they're having diamond dreams again. Um, but at this point, uh, Stevani realizes, like, wait a second, I'm in a gym base. Uh, this is, like, on the moon base. So they head up to where Yellow Diamond's throne was, um, activating the console and finally getting connection with Lars, um... While uh, they are doing that, the bird blob shows back up, uh, but Lars and the Sun Incinerator crew are able to chase off bird blob in a very hilarious <laughs> scene. Um, uh, Lars is like, come on, you two, let's get you back home. Um, and uh, Stevani starts to leave, though glances back at the broken window that Pink smashed uh, Star Wipe at the end. <sighs> Big hey Catra. <laughs> <laughs> My brain only thinks of Stevani as Catra now, unfortunately. It's got poisoned by uh Shira. Uh sometimes things will do that to you. It's true. Um Love Love an extended Stevani episode, frankly. Yes. Uh the backgrounds in this show. Uh, in this episode are fucking incredible. Really sick. Like, it's interesting. It's interesting, like, a planet that had contact with the gems but wasn't, or the the gem empire, but wasn't destroyed by the gem empire. I don't know why they colonized the nearby planet. I guess this is a moon? I guess it's called yeah, Jungle I mean, Moon. It is a moon, yeah. So yeah. it's interesting that they... I mean, I guess they did the same thing with with Earth's moon. Like, they put a base on the moon. But I don't understand yeah. why they don't also harvest resources from the moons. Because this moon seems like it's got a lot of them. Eh, it, may be, it may be a case of it doesn't have specific resources or that the resources are too difficult to extract for some reason. Yeah, that's like, fair. I that's mean, fair. 
realistically, it's just because they needed a jungle moon for this to take place on. But, you know, from a Watsonian perspective, there are any number of reasons why the Empire would skip out on that moon. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Um, I deeply enjoyed the characterization of Connie just because, you know, it's, they're obviously in sync, otherwise they wouldn't be Stevani, but it's still really obvious, like, when the Steven part is in the forefront versus when the Connie part is in the forefront. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of the the thing where they're, like, arguing, you know, Stevani's arguing with themselves over whether or not to eat the chick. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching that episode with Anya, and uh, they were like, so, you know, who do you think was Steven and who do you think was Connie? And it's like, Steven's obviously the one who doesn't want to eat it because it's too cute, because Connie's, you know, kind of cutthroat about survivalism. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she also doesn't really want to do it, but, like, she's like, we'll just make it quick. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um. So, good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Great shit. Um, the, uh, wishy-washy dream stuff. Very good. Mm-hmm, How it mm-hmm. just slowly, I'm pretty sure it's Dr. Mahesh Warren's voice actor all the way through that scene, right? They don't. Yeah. She just sounds a, oddly it, enough, like a lot like Patty, like enough like Patty Lapone. I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, I think it's Dr. Mahesh Warren's, mm-hmm. uh, voice actors all the way through um because i didn't like hear any difference and i'm usually i'm usually fairly good at at voices like i'm not good with faces i'm not good with names Mm -hmm. but i'm usually pretty good with voices this is apparently also the only episode where steven is not featured or his physical appearance does not make an appearance That's also, this is the only episode that Zach uh, Callison, the Stevens voice actor, does not does not appear on. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's purely Stevani. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the way that Connie's presence colors the diamond dream is really, really good. Yeah, um, I think it it, 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 it casts enough uh, sand on the image that you don't a hundred percent know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Until, until, well, I don't want to say until it's too late, but you know, um, but it's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Holy shit. The lore is here. Truly. I mean, and also like, it helps get in the head of pink diamond. Like, cause we're again, we're like working, it, you know, it's working backwards with somebody's character development, right? Like, cause we're our mm-hmm. idea of Rose is based on like a person who has, you know, has had a, had a full character arc <laughs> mm-hmm. and going backwards and seeing her at like her, her like more shitty moments and how those have, affected her and how maybe she didn't grow past them as much as she thought she did and all of that stuff um 
but like showing and also i think it's very important here because it sets up what like the future relationships that we're going to like the dynamic that we're going to see further as we get more and more diamonds of like Mm -hmm. like the reason that connie's dreams and pink's memories are like mixing together here is because they both like and why yellow is dr mahesh warren is because it's it, you know, it, it it's laying it pretty clear that, like, yellow and blue are, like, pink diamonds moms. Mm-hmm. Or at least view yeah. her in that way. Well, I mean, I don't think pink is necessarily a reliable narrator. Mm-hmm. So, at the very least, that's how pink thinks that yellow and blue view her. Because, um, uh, I mean, this, this is, is clearly from... Yeah. The they are setting up that pink that yeah I feel like well okay it's never like explicitly stated but as things go along, um and we go back to homeworld it becomes a lot m- like we get more and more evidence that that's also how blue and yellow saw her, because mm. otherwise it's uh, like a also, sisterly loss you know, yeah. Also, a fun thing that I noticed uh the. The, the like four diamond sigil for the diamond authority mm-hmm. is basically a fire hazard sign rotated 180 <laughs> degrees. So that means that blue is a health hazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yellow is instability. Uh, white is a specific hazard and pink is a fire hazard. Oh, makes makes a uh, makes sense, really. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Also, the touch, like the tapping thing to unlock the console, very, very interesting in the way that sort of denotes hierarchy. Because mm-hmm. it's like because the way the tapping pattern is like white, yellow, blue, pink, white. Mm-hmm. So. Fun, fun. It's good stuff. Apparently, um. Patrick Bryson, the background artist for this episode, was awarded an Emmy <laughs> for his background painting good. on this episode. So good because it was good. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was scrolling uh, down to trivia to see if like if said anything about the um, what you call it, the um, uh, voice actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I mean, at this point, they're being pretty they're pretty being pretty upfront that like Rose was pink diamond, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, they've got to like they know they've got to wrap the mystery up anyway, so they're you don't want it to you want to drop big enough hints that hey, again, also, it's a kid show. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, you want to drop big enough hints that it doesn't feel like it comes out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Or seems arbitrary. Um. Also, a thing I learned, this isn't related to this episode, but I saw something that reminded me of it. Um, Sadie's voice actor is one of the members of Garfunkel and Oates. What? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so that's a thing. Yeah, I suddenly had a terrible thought that makes me uncomfortable. No good. 
What? I don't understand. Garfunkel and Oates did the song about, like, taking it up the ass for Jesus, right? Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got to re-edit some of that over images of, like, Sadie sitting around singing with the band, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Or sports go sports. (laughs) Um... All right. But yeah, I love the bird blob at the end, just kind of flapping away all weird. I'm just like, yes, I love you, bird blob. It's very good. (laughs) Wait, hang on. I've got to check something. Uh, Okay, never mind. Um, Yeah, the bird blob was delightful. Um... Yeah, I I just the lore is delicious. Om nom nom. Trivia here says the parent bird blob seems to be capable of a spin dash similar to that of Jasper, Amethyst, or you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sometimes trivia section of the Steven Universe wiki. I don't know what the fuck you're on about. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, great. The lore is here and it's going to come not really hot and heavy. They 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 back off. The, they feather the pedal, mm. which I think is good. Um, the though, I mean, shit's going to get fucking shit's about to get riggedy wrecked anyways. So, you know, we're oh, God, we're so close to it. Um, anyways. So, yeah, uh, speaking of lore, want to move on to the other lore heavy episode. Yes. OK, let's let's talk about more lore. Moving on to episode 141. Uh, Your mother and mine came out um, April 9th, 2018, written by Katie Mitroff and Paul Velico. Um The synopsis, Stephen takes Garnet to meet some of his friend, new friends. Okay, fair enough. They're also Lars's friends. They're mostly Lars's friends, <laughs> I would say. Uh, anyways, <laughs> seems mean to Lars. This is primarily his friend yeah. group. <laughs> um, in space, Lars contemplates the situation and speaks about it, doing a captain's log. When um, Stephen uh, pops through his head, carrying a sandwich... For reasons that are never made clear, um, uh, Lars is anxious to get home because space is big and boring, and that's fair. He wants to get he wants to get back to Earth. Um, finally, Florite arrives up from the engine bay and is like, "I've fixed the engine," uh, and Lars is like, "Fucking punch it!" And they do, and it the the uh, ship immediately loses power. Uh, as past predicted by Pad Paracha. Uh, Steven is like, well, if we're going to be here for a while, uh, there's somebody I want you guys to meet. And he goes back through Lars's head and emerges with a Steven-shaped Garnet. Garnet is here. Garnet is immediately fucking enamored by the uh, the off-color. She goes to Road Knight and is like, oh, ho, ho, you're a saucy pair. And then to the Rutile twins, and she's like, oh, you guys are cool as shit. And then to Florite is like, holy God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking Jesus. 
um, starts talking to Pad Paracha, where Pad Paracha's past prediction reveals that Garnet has made everybody extremely uncomfortable because the the off colors are used to being ostracized, and this sort of attention really feels like Garnet's making fun of them to them who aren't used to having positive attention paid to them. Um, Garnet is like, uh, you know what? I used to feel this way before I met Rose Quartz and all of the off colors like, oh my God, you met Rose Quartz and lived. Uh, they call Rose Quartz the anti-gem, a horrible organic being that bursts from the earth's crust to destroy gems. Um, a quartz made from a hyper defective vein of quartz and fluorite being like, okay guys, calm down. We all know Rose Quartz wasn't fucking real. Um, this prompts <laughs> Garnet uh to start telling the story of the crystal gems uh the story begins at the beginning of era one um with pink diamond uh choosing earth to be her first colony uh we get the story of how rose was just a regular quartz working with all the quartz soldiers um until um finally she started to take notice of the colony that she's on uh finding all of the life uh, interacting with all of the life, apparently, I guess, boning down with a human, if Garnet's telling of the story is correct. Yep. This is not uh -huh. brought up in any other retelling of the past of the Crystal Gems, so I feel like this is explicitly uh, a Garnet edition. Uh, I don't know, because, like, Pearl Pearl implies that, that Rose Quartz has a tendency to have flings with humans. Yeah, I just feel like we're gonna, we'll see it, we're gonna see... Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that like Rose Quartz having a thing for boning down with humans is no, that makes 100 supported. Yes, that makes sense. I just don't think the timeline in which that happens is the way that Garnet lays it out. Uh, okay, we will yeah, see. <laughs> um, this is also yeah, we're gonna see some shit because we don't know the full story. Garnet also doesn't know the full story. Um, but, uh, finally, uh, Rose Quartz goes to Pink Diamond. She's like, Pink Diamond, this planet is so full of life. We must leave it be. And Pink Diamond is like, ho, 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 we must value the lives of these organic beings. What a silly idea. Go back to your job. Um, but Rose Quartz is like, no, fuck that noise. Uh, but inspiringly, um, in which she uh, inspires all of the other rose, uh, the other court soldiers to stand up with her. She forms her team, which is, you know, Garnet, Pearl, Bismuth. Uh, Garnet talks about the fight and how they um, how they fought really hard, but they were still losing the war till finally Rose had to make the hard decision to draw her rebel blade and shatter pink diamond. And all of the off colors like, oh, my God. God, but how does it end? And Garnet's like, ah, shit. Well, that's the bad part. Um, after Pink Diamond was shattered, the remaining diamonds were furious. They cast their wrath upon the planet. And Keeley, the only scene that we see in this flashback that is animated like the regular show and not in the flashback style of animation, um, is the diamonds uh, blasting Earth and Rose saving um, Amethyst, not Amethyst, Pearl and Garnet. Um, we get back to the thing and the, the off color is like, well, this fucking sucks. She was great and she lost. 
And uh, Garnet's like, she didn't fucking lose. Uh, Rose used to say that the Earth was a special place because it made gems feel free, but she was obviously wrong because you all are here. The Diamond Authority lies. She's, they said that, that they wiped out all the life on Earth, and here I am. They said that they wiped you off of Homeworld, but here you are. You know, this sort of like want for love and freedom is universal, is not unique to Earth. That means there are more of you, more of us out there. And the team's really fucking jazzed. And so they go to get the goddamn engine back online. Lars is holding the wrong button. Um, then finally, <laughs> they, they get everything back online. They get, start to get going. And Steven talks to Garnet about the visions he had of Pink Diamond, worried that Pink Diamond might still be around. How wild of an idea would that be? Uh, and Garnet is like, listen, Steven, you have extremely powerful, empathetic powers that none of us really understand, but it's going to be OK. And Steven is like, oh, all right, star wipe the end. Oh, boy. <laughs> the crewniverse for these three episodes are like we're going uh we're just gonna mine every classic anime we're just gonna rip everybody I mean, off i mean they're not ripping off anybody that they haven't ripped off before it's because true. this is so clearly utena yeah like this is 100 percent a utena shadow play yeah and i mean they've done this this visual style before for the flash like this is how the war story flashbacks are told um it's great it's visually strike it's so they do such a good job at it they really do like it's it's always so fun to see the ways in which they pay homage to something without like losing their own voice mm -hmm. like you know we just saw that with lars of the stars you know they they were very clearly paying homage to that particular genre of anime and manga um and they're always riffing on Utena mm -hmm. or maybe not always, but I would say a good 60 to 70% of the time there's some sort of Utena influence in the show. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, yeah, but it like the, I love that by making it the shadow play too, by separating the art style, except for the only scene where Garnet was there. Mm -hmm. it really set like it, it really paints that like oh this is garnet's interpretation of the events that hair happened and garnet like and also how garnet was told that the events happened like mm -hmm. it makes it very clear that garnet is repeating things that she's heard not things that she's experienced yeah um because i think because we know the entire first like third of that story is a goddamn lie Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that a lot of this episode is. I mean, the off colors uh, very specifically refer to a bunch of different types of marginalization. And maybe this is just me speaking from a position of privilege, but like this episode like 100% to me feels like a lesson in the importance of queer history and queer community mm -hmm. yeah it's just like 
you know, when an empire completely removes any reference to, you know, who you are uh, from the history books and from, you know, the current textbooks and you're trying to find other people like you, but you don't have the the verbiage, you don't have the the history to fall back on to realize that, you know, you've always been there. Um, just, uh, I don't know. It hits really hard in our current, like, Christo-fascist state. Yeah. Very truly. The... I just I as a person with some future knowledge where we're going to get we're going to get told this exact story but from like a first person perspective here re- relatively soon. Mhm. Uh and I cannot wait for the comparison and contrast of all the things that we've heard about mm-hmm. what happened and uh, then seeing what actually happened. Because like Garnet's series of events is hilarious like like part of like once it gets to them fighting pink diamond it's more or less right right like obviously at some point rose made the decision that pink diamond couldn't exist anymore for a bunch of different reasons um Mm -hmm. and in probably if she had known what the consequences were she would not have made that choice i imagine um I feel like Rose is not a great person, but she's also not, I'm going to sacrifice all of my friends. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, 100%. Um, just some of them. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just business. Just, just some of them. Just bismuth. <laughs> just bismuth. Just bismuth. Just, bismuth. just, um, just it, hey, that's the price of doing bismuth. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. <laughs> Just go ahead and just go ahead and edit in the gunshot noise here. <laughs> oh no, God, this is stolen the Minecraft gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, oh Lord. Um, um Yeah, I um every time I hear Pearl referenced as like a Pearl who belonged to no one, I'm still like extremely convinced that Pearls are iPhones. <laughs> a- what if a, an iPhone went rogue and then started kicking your ass? Yeah. That's Pearl. What if what if he strapped a knife to an iPhone? <laughs> what then? Yeah, this is pretty much Pearl. Um Yeah. Um I do like that like know, it's- Garnet has practiced this story. Like this is a practiced or at least portions of this are a very practiced story. Mm-hmm. That Garnet Garnet was a person who definitely recruited gems into the crystal gems. Oh yeah. I do like also that like the old school crew is Garnet Pearl and Bismuth. They're like, yeah. And Bismuth was like, we were the core, we were the core crystal gems. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, now they don't have to hide Bismuth, so, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to obfuscate the fact that, you know, she was part of the 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 main four. Yeah. Well, I mean, up until very, like, you know, <sighs> particularly Garnet and Pearl just didn't really talk. Like, it seems as though Garnet and Pearl did not talk about the past very much until recently. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, even then, like, you know... Stephen, 
I think we talked about this during the Bismuth mm-hmm. episode, but you know, Stephen was kind of kind of right to be a little upset that like they didn't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, it is it is really good to see Bismuth Bismuth acknowledged. Um Yeah. Yeah. I miss Bismuth. I know we'll see her at least once more. We're getting. Please show me. We're going to get a lot of Bismuth toward the end of the season. Please show me my wife. And then, oh, God, there's a I cannot. There's an episode in future called Bismuth Casual. That you're going to fucking you're going to scream and yell at August. You will scream and yell. I can't wait. I can't wait. I absolutely my my body is not ready. I it's don't not. think my body will ever be ready. It won't be. I, uh, you, you don't even I know what's happening. You have no idea. You cannot see what's coming. <laughs> um, oh man! All right. Show me my wife, please. Um. Yeah. So. Other than other than talking about like the 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 connection to like queerness and queer history uh of the episode i didn't really have a whole lot of notes it's just you know and i mean like ultimately you know realistically speaking the it it's talking about the importance of marginalized history i mm-hmm. think you know the history of marginalized people yeah um and like the not knowing how to accept compliments when you've been looked down on your whole life is too fucking real. Yeah, for real. Like um, that is extremely relatable. Like the the off color is very relatable. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I spent too many years parrying compliments because I thought they were poison. So you know. Um. Yeah this this episode just hits really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hits really, really hard. Um, yeah, that's that's basically all I've got. All right, well, let's get I know we have some questions. Let's get those pulled up. Yeah. Okay. Sean says, Lars of the Stars. Lars has been having shown adventure off screen and even finds a, uh, a situation where being an asshole is kind of charming. Uh, so, yeah, we mentioned that talking about the character development not being linear. Uh, apparently jungle moon is the episode that also convinced sean that uh, rose was pink diamond um it also says i feel like this is a this episode does a good job of setting up pink as a naive petulant child who doesn't really understand what she's asking for which i think is also fair because like the depiction of garnet's version of pink diamond in that flashback Mm -hmm. and the pink diamond we literally just saw there's no way those could be the same person yeah yeah, absolutely. Um Nico uh also comments about how uh uh how they would like a short spin-off series or mini series following uh Lars and the Off Colors adventures. Uh agreed. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Sean also says in your mother and mine, Pad Parachus powers are a lot more useful than they get credit for. Also, anime villain Pink Diamond, very fun. Every time they just go for like full Sailor Moon bad guy. It's a great time mm. on the show. But also, like, I think that's very he like showing the off colors like. It's they don't do the thing where like, oh, they're like the things that make them different are super like they don't try and make the off colors useful there's a useful because they have skills already <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. not their differences that make them strong they're just they have differences that's all there is to it you know and like uh even like and i think it's a, a good balance between having pad Parecha's powers actually do something keeps her from becoming purely comic relief even though she is definitely comic relief, but really good. Sometimes you just need really good comic relief. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. Izzy says for Lars of the Stars, what do you all think about this as the end uh, to Lars's character arc? Did it feel satisfying? I don't feel like I feel as far as the show is concerned, this is the end of Lars's or the main show is concerned. This is the end of Lars's character arc. But we still get a little bit more Lars in future that I think isn't kind of important to the the full scope of his arc. But I mean, if this is where we're going to leave Lars, it's pretty solid. I think they did a lot of work. They murdered him and brought him back to life. You can't do much more to a character than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's nice to see him in a situation where he is less shitty. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's nice to see him in a situation where he can thrive because he clearly was not thriving in Beach City. Um, having him being put through the crucible of the situation that he's been in and having him, you know, develop the skills necessary to be a dependable, confident person who can take responsibility for himself and others, uh, is really nice. Yeah. You gotta, sometimes you gotta get out of your comfort zone to become like the best version of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes you gotta die (laughs) and get brought back Uh, to life and become that. Become space Jesus. Stink boy, yeah. son of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Philo uh, says, why do you think the spaceship specifically drives like a car? Because Lars is a 17 to 19 year old boy. Yeah. <laughs> also, he doesn't know how to drive a spaceship, but he does know how to drive a car. Yeah. Probably. We never see well, him mean, drive a car. He doesn't. But. We never see him drive a car, but we do see him not being the one driving the spaceship. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I don't think he can actually interact with Jim Tech. Because it's like all touch, it's all weird touch screens. I yeah, think you, but Steven can interact with Jim Tech and he's pretty clearly got flesh going on. Yeah, but I don't think it's a flesh thing. I think you physically have to have a gym. Because remember, like all the the scanners and stuff don't even see Lars as a as in anything. So yeah, the the machines has, wouldn't be able to see Lars either. He has to be able to interact with the technology somehow, because how else would the off colors have been able to get to the ship after he stole it? And like, how would he be able to steal it to begin with? Oh, uh, that's a good point. But yeah. We never see him. We see him actively not being the one driving a spaceship, mm-hmm. but also like he's been in a car. Yeah, that's what's familiar. He's to dri- him. he's played car driving games. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Philo also says Pat Paretta remains the best gym. Yes. She's pretty good. She's best girl. Mm, she's, she's pretty good. She's not my best girl. My best girl's sad listening to country music right now. I know. <laughs> I know how you feel. <laughs> sad listening to country music being comfort- comforted by Amethyst. Yep. Um, um, all right. And if you want to talk to us, you can do so on our Discord. Link is in the description. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. We do check the Twitter. We just don't really tweet on it a lot. Um, but we do check it. If you send us a message, we will reply. Or if you tweet at us, we will yep. reply. So. Yep. Next week. Oh. Hold on a second. I've lost the page. Next week, we are covering episodes 142, 143, and 144. The Big Show pool hopping and letters to Lars and then y'all need to fucking gird your goddamn loins because the week the the episode after that is can't go back single pale rose and now we're only falling apart so get your goddamn crash helmets on y'all oh boy um okay okay all right um so what's uh what's going on in roomware land if anything uh we're going to soon we're gonna go to the blazing fury one of my favorite uh roller coaster rides nice mm-hmm. um i tweeted at doctor enough to become the official soda of the podcast they have not replied oh boo. yeah i know um thought about walking into a pal sudden service and just being like give me a bib of the doctor enough goo a bib is what the hooks up to the soda machines yeah. yeah i just want a big big give me a big bag of doctor enough goo it's the only place that has it on tap um fun yep um, um what's going on over on your ends so by the time this releases, we will have already done um, me, Anya, Danielle and Jade will have already done our uh, little fun live stream, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, will be available in VOD form on twitch.tv slash standing stones prod. Um, we're just playing a, a fun descended by uh, descended from the queen game. Um, we're just there to have a good time. And um by the time this releases, uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern this Saturday, uh, July the 23rd, uh, FTL is celebrating its one year, or one year, God, no, four year, we're four now, <laughs> we're getting ready for kindergarten, um, four Sounds year anniversary like it, yeah. with, uh, with a live stream of, uh, The Quiet Year by Avery Alder. Uh, so that's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really emotional about the fact that my baby is turning four. Wait, you guys are. Wait, wait. Is what? Rumor pod older? I don't know. Maybe. What? What? That doesn't seem right. 
I mean, it is right. We are turning uh, turning four right, but... on July. Oh, no, I guess we're the same age. We should be in the same Age-ish. vague yeah. cohort because I think you guys hadn't been going very long when uh, when Mab pointed you out to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I scrolled yeah, down to episode one of Roomware Pod and then like looked at its total listens, then the next total listens, and then the next is like, oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> people did not read my note of like, please don't start at episode one. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, your baby's turning four. It's going to kindergarten. At the very least, it's going to pre-K. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very emotional. It's been, I'm I'm gonna wax uh wax sentimental for a second. It's been a really, really great journey. Um, and I'm just very happy that uh I've gone on it. I'm happy that I know the people I know because of it. Um, and yeah, uh, it's so funny because like I'm all you know we we were just like oh shit it's the two year anniversary of gay space rocks mm-hmm. and now i'm just like lol anniversary stream <laughs> truly so anyway um i think did i do it last time or did you do it last time i did it last time it's your turn this time Okay. Um, All right, dear listeners, uh, in that case, I implore you to please be like Cookie Cat and leave your... Peace.